Let's try that. Say words. Words. Words with friends. Words with friends. Words with enemies. <laughs> words with enemies. Welcome to VCR, a vintage cinema rewind. We're bringing old movies to new viewers. I'm Blake. And I'm Michael. And today we're doing one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm really excited. I can tell. Yeah. yeah. You don't even need that monster energy drink to get jazzed up. No, I don't. This movie is honestly, like I said, one of my all-time favorites. It's a classic from the 90s. It's one of the greatest Scottish movies ever made. You, you don't need like to wait for my review for the in the second part of our episode to hear my thoughts. I love this movie. I watched it for the first time last night, and it's very... It's very 90s. Yeah. Like, it really captures the aesthetic and the attitude of the 90s. Yeah. Almost like Fight Club. Yes. This that is, is going to be a movie that we come back to for sure when Yeah, this like, a lot of the... Like, a lot of Mark Renton's dialogue could... You could... Um, like, I could picture Edward Norton and Fight Club saying the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Just presumably with less heroin yeah that's a honestly that's a great comparison like i said we'll be talking about that again before we get into the episode though again we are trying out a new structure so we're doing our primer episode here where we don't really talk too many spoilers uh we kind of just lay out who this what this movie is who it's for and when you should check it out and where you should check it out and then the second part that comes out about a week after is where we get into all our spoiler discussion, our personal reviews of the movie, and just diving into all the behind-the-scenes fun. Yeah, that's right. So that if you like what you hear, that gives you a chance to check it out for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I hope you check this one out. Definitely. spoilers, it's awesome. <laughs> Mike, do you want to uh, give us a quick plot summary? All right. So, Train Spotting follows our good friend Ewan McGregor. As Mark Rentboy Renton, a unemployed 26-year-old heroin addict. And he has three close friends. Um, Daniel Spud Murphy, played by Ewan Bremer. Simon Sickboy Williamson as Johnny Lee Miller. And the always fantastic Robert Carlyle as Francis Franco Bigby. The whole movie is essentially just these four friends. And Tommy. Don't forget Tommy. And Tommy. Can't forget Tommy. The movie follows these four friends and Tommy as they struggle to get clean, then start using again, then get clean again, then start using again. And yeah, you know, this movie really captures what it feels like to be an addict. Yeah, there's there's kind of two parts to it, I think. There's the addiction part, which is the biggest part, mm-hmm. um, and, and what drug use and abuse does to people. As a smaller piece to this, it's also kind of getting older and having these friends that you've been friends with your whole life, these, these niche group of guys that you grew up with, and how kind of everybody's starting to grow apart, maybe grow a little bit different. Some people who were maybe assholes as kids grow up to be assholes as uh, adults, and just it just excavates the problem when you mix drugs and alcohol into it yeah and so there's there's kind of an aspect to that to this movie that i also want to talk about a little bit more when we get into the spoiler section yeah like not to uh not to uh jump the gun or anything but like this movie really captures the dark side of friendship yeah like it really does almost this the word toxic gets bandied about a little too much but like these four five six friends and how they how bad they are for each other. Yeah. Like how, like how, what little affection they have for each other and how they constantly seem to just like 
bring each other down, mm-hmm. like drag each other back down into the muck. Yeah, or exactly. the toilet in this case. And so, you know, you and I have been talking about this as like kind of a dark movie. Like, if you know nothing going in, it sounds like this is a movie that's very dark. But yes. that's where you might be wrong. This is maybe one of the top 10 most stylish movies of all time. This movie has a lot of energy to it. Yes. Which is ironic considering it's about heroin. Yeah. It's like when it comes down to it, like whether it's the score or just how fast scenes play out, what's happening between scenes, like seeing multiple different stories play out all at the same time. It's really a breakneck paced movie. Like there's no yeah. slow moments to this movie ever. Like, the opening scene of the movie is Mark being chased by the authorities. Yeah. So this movie starts in a dead sprint. Yes. And then you get his voiceover as he's running, mm-hmm. getting hit by cars, all that fun stuff. Like, yeah, this movie does not stop. There were parts later on that I thought maybe could have used a little more elaboration, but I think uh-huh. it really, again, it gets to the heart of what it's like to be an addict. Right. Just constantly jonesing for your next fix willing to do anything to do it like you know it's yeah this movie almost made me nauseous at different parts i believe it made jess nauseous at parts which we'll talk about later it's one of the most disturbing yet stylish movies ever made for sure yeah so let's talk characters and people you may know so you've already mentioned a lot of the main characters uh so we'll start with mark rentboy renton played by ewan mcgregor this is my favorite of his roles you might also know Ewan McGregor. He's still a pretty prominent actor. He's been playing Obi-Wan for the last 20 years. By the way, I want to add, if you suffered through the <laughs> Disney Plus Obi-Wan series and you want to remind yourself that Ewan McGregor can still act, yeah. go back and watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, see, He's in season three of Fargo, which is probably my least favorite of the first three seasons, but he's still oh, really? great in it. Big Fish is a movie from the early 2000s that is very, very good, stars him. Uh, He's in Doctor Sleep, the new Doctor Sleep. That's right. I didn't like that movie, but he was pretty good in it. I really enjoyed that movie. He also was in uh, Ghostwriter by uh, Roman Polanski, which is a pretty good thriller. Cool. The most relevant other thing that he's been in like most recently, he was in Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. He was? Yeah, he was Jiminy Cricket. Oh, I have not had the pleasure. I have not watched it either. But, okay. uh, but yeah, so Ewan McGregor, pretty prominent actor. This is kind of the movie that put him on the map as well. So it's important uh, if you're a fan of his to maybe check this one out. Uh, Mark Renton, we haven't really talked as much about him. He's, like you said, he's Mark our Renton? main... What? Oh, sorry. I, I cut you off. <laughs> I thought you were talking about somebody else and you said Mark Renton by mistake. Oh, no. this is awkward. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, proceed. Mark Mark is, like, our main character. He's also our narrator throughout the film, and Mm -hmm. he's a pretty prominent narrator. Again, think Fight Club. He's a kind of a morally ambiguous character to be following because uh, he's not the best character. He's not the best person. Um, I don't don't know if this is jumping ahead to the next part, but, like, you kind of can't help but feel for Mark and kind of like Mark. Yeah. But he's constantly making the lives of the people around him worse. Yeah. Like, he's constantly screwing over his friends. Yeah, exactly. Like, maybe, like, you kind of attach yourself to him because he's the viewpoint character, but there's multiple moments where you're like, oh, like, you're not a good person. Yeah. You're, not, you're you know, exactly. pretty amoral. Yeah. Our next character that I want to talk about is Sick Boy, who is, again, 
probably the second main character is probably Mark's best friend of the group. Um, yeah. They spend a lot of time together anyway, and also probably his most prominent drug doing friend. Drug, I guess, using friend. Drug using friend. Yeah. yeah, he's a very interesting character because he seems almost somewhat intelligent, but at the same time struggles with the same problems that Mark does. Like he's a big fan of James Bond, and and uh, he's he's probably got the most. Um, uh, what's he's got the best vocabulary of everybody like he's yeah he, he t- he's intelligent with what he's talking about there's a couple different moments where he's like wasted or high and yeah. he's go- going off on this rant or something and yeah. yeah he's a gifted speaker although mark does point out that he's probably never sat through a james bond movie sober <laughs> <laughs> so true maybe take everything he's saying with a grain of salt and so he's played by johnny lee miller who uh his most relevant performance of recent is sherlock in the show elementary uh it's the longest really? yeah it's the longest portrayal of sherlock holmes in tv and movie ever it was like 180 episodes or 160 episodes something like that wow yeah i that's with Lucy Liu as yeah, it is Lucy Liu. Joan Watson, not yeah. John Watson. Wow, good for him. Yeah, I hope someone actually watched it. But... I I I have to imagine they did, seeing it's the <laughs> longest running uh, Sherlock you know, performance it's, ever. It's funny. There's all these network TV shows that, like, you know, you kind of just you see them in your periphery and then you look away and then you look back 10 years later and you're like, wait, it's still going. Yeah. Wait, it has how many episodes? <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our next character I want to talk about is Spud, who's kind of the probably the least intelligent of the group. He just always seems to be the one to run into trouble. Uh, yeah. And nothing ever goes right There's for him. also kind of, like, I feel like of the five or six main characters, yeah. he might be the most ethically clean. Yes. Which maybe that's going a little too easy on him, but like he seemed there's like a weird, bewildered innocence about him. Yes. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah. And I feel like we've all had a friend like Spud, right? Who like he doesn't really get what's going on and like maybe he doesn't really grasp social cues, but like Mm He's pure of heart, but nothing ever goes right for him. I <laughs> yeah. distinctly had a friend like that in high school. Yeah. I've I, probably been that friend. <laughs> I guarantee you've been that friend yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, And he's played by Ewan Bremner, who is a really great actor in this movie. Like, he really sells the character. And he, funny yeah. enough, he actually played Mark in the play theater adaptation of this which was the the first version of of this interesting Um, and then pivoted into the role of spud as well where you most likely know him from is in the 2013 movie snowpiercer he plays andrew the father um that's one of my favorite apocalypse movies of all time that's one with the train right yeah 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 yeah. it's uh chris evans oh it's so good so good Mm. and then he's also in the newest wonder woman or not the the newest but like you know the newest iteration the 2017 one one? yeah he's in that oh yeah yeah yeah. that's right he plays a world war one soldier with ptsd yeah yeah he was good in that too Um, that wasn't a bad movie yeah, I've heard that, and I haven't seen that one, so... Our next character, and we're almost rounding out the main group of friends here, is Begby, uh, who you already mentioned, Robert Carlyle. He's a bit of an alcoholic, and uh, like Mark says 
near the beginning of the movie, he doesn't do drugs. He does people. And what yes. that, and that's a yes. great way to describe it is he is such an asshole and like he's such an angry little man. Um, <laughs> and basically he is the guy who, and you probably know a friend like this, who goes to the bar looking to pick a fight. And it's yeah. never him who caused it. Right, right. Like there's a great scene really early in the movie when he's, talking he's spouting some nonsense about a story about he's spouting some nonsense about a fight he got into we find out the real what actually happened from tommy later Mm -hmm. and then they're sitting on like the second floor of this bar and he just casually tosses his drink over his shoulder lands on some woman's head she's all bloody Mm -hmm. he comes downstairs whips out his knife he's like no one's leaving till we find out who glassed that poor lady (laughs) like yeah he's Easily the worst human being in this movie. Oh yeah, and and I will I will say that is part of in the spoiler. I want to have the debate over whether or not he is the worst in this movie. Okay, but he is definitely the guy that's the least likable in the group from like the moment this movie starts, basically. Yeah, and uh, I want to say I really love Robert Carlyle. He's not been in like a ton of mainstream massive movies, but I've got a couple references for you of recent. The world is not enough. The uh, James Bond movies. He was in. He was the bad guy in that one. Oh, good for him. Um, he was in Once Upon a Time as Rumpelstiltskin. Recently, he was in Yesterday, which is another movie of the director of of this movie, and he plays. John Lennon in that one. Oh, really? Uh, and they kind yeah. of like, they make him look pretty similar to what John Lennon would look like at around this time in his I, life. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. He's very yeah. And then uh, our last one that I want to point out is uh, he plays Durza in Aragon. Uh, no way! The worst adaptation we, ever. We were just talking about that recently, and I specifically said to you the guy who played Durza wasn't bad. Yeah, I was like that wasn't bad casting. So. Wow. It's 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 a I great performance it. in an otherwise god awful movie. I can see it now. Like I can see it with like the makeup and like yep. the terrible red wig. Yeah. I was like, all right, yeah, he's it's- it's such a funny reference because for millennials like us, like you're going to remember Aragon and how bad it is, and you might honestly remember his performance from it. And, right. and it's such a funny movie because you could bring it up and everybody's going to talk about how awful it was. You want to hear something funny about Aragon? What? Um, when it came out, I wanted to go see it, so I showed my dad the trailer and my dad looked me in the eyes and said, that looks terrible. <laughs> but I was so hurt that my dad didn't want to see Aragon with me that he took me to see it out of pity. And we both sat there in the theater staring up at the screen like, ooh, dad was right. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my friends and I went and saw it together. My friend, shout out to Tyler. Uh, I remember that. And uh, yeah. I, I remember him and I looking at each other distinctly when um, Avril Lavigne started playing at the end. And I was oh, like... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And I yeah. was like, this is really the cherry on top. Yeah. This is really yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, it, you know what? Tangent here. There's something... Because like, I feel like when you're a kid or when you're in like your early teen years, you're pretty easy to impress. Yeah. Like you pretty much... I mean, I guarantee that the movies you loved as a kid, a lot of them were terrible. You were just too young to know. Yeah. But it's it's funny when you're that age and you see something so bad that even your underdeveloped, prepubescent brain is like, wow, that was terrible. Yeah, like, everybody remembers their first. And for a lot of us, it was Aragon. I remember you and me went and saw Epic Movie together in theaters. I have blocked that out of my memory. Apparently. And I remember my mom driving us home. And we. I feel like... You know, I looked out the left window, you looked out the right window, and that was it. (laughs) We couldn't even look at each other. 
All right. Well, let's let's move right. back into our discussion of train spotting. Our last kind of main group of guys, one of the friends, Tommy, he's the probably the straightest one out of all of them. Like he's doesn't do drugs at the beginning. He doesn't do hard drugs at the beginning anyway. Um, he's got a girlfriend. He's kind of got his life more or less put together. He benches. Yeah, he's more than the rest of the guys. He has his life put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's maybe the character that in the beginning that you can almost maybe relate to the most he's almost like the again keeping this metaphor going Mm -hmm. we all have that friend who has their for lack of a better word shit together yeah you know they're in shape they know what they're doing Mm -hmm. they're doing fine they bench press in their living room you know (laughs) (laughs) it's like the older it's like every friend group has the older brother right Yeah. Yeah. yeah And so that's that's him. And he's played by Kevin McKidd, which is a name that there's going to be a very specific audience. And I don't know if it's our audience that's going to know that name because he plays Owen Hunt in Grey's Anatomy, which is a very massive role. And he's a very important star of that show, funny enough. So this is, again, one of his first movies. And it's a pretty good performance of his, even though he's not he's not necessarily the the main person of the he's group. like the butters of yeah. the movie like yeah. not part of the main four but he's so, he's like the honorary fifth beetle yeah exactly yeah. and that's just partially because of like his interests don't align with the rest of the guys anymore that as much. said he does his story does come to quite the conclusion yeah one of the darker endings to uh the movie yeah um the last main character that i want to talk about is diane she's uh the somewhat love interest of mark um yeah more on that later yeah uh we we won't talk about that too much because i don't want to get into spoiler territory with it yeah um she's played by kelly mcdonald in her first role and it's it's a pretty good performance by her as well and for for a first role like i really enjoy her character um yeah. and her portrayal she's uh she's pretty relevant actor as well like now this is a she she was borderline child actor at this point being one of the younger cast members in the film and she voices prince meridia in brave the disney movie oh and, yeah interesting she's in no country for old men she plays josh brawlin's wife pretty memorable character in that movie oh, as oh well. yeah um she's in boardwalk empire as margaret thompson one of the main cast of that show and the last connection here and this is not going to be the first time i bring up harry potter but she plays uh helena ravenclaw the ghost in harry potter the harry potter series Oh man, I do. I remember that. Yeah, I've barely seen any of the Harry Potter movies, but I like Chamber of Secrets, right? She's in the uh, toilet. I can't remember. No, no, you're thinking Moaning Myrtle. Oh, okay. Yeah, which connection to this movie? So we'll get to that. Okay, uh, momentarily. I'm but uh, talking about the cast here, so almost every one of those cast members is actually Scottish. I gotta say that this is probably the greatest ensemble of Scottish actors ever in a movie period bar none yeah this is a very this is a very scottish movie yeah let's put it that way so there's a few other people that i want to mention connections people you might be interested in watching peter mullen mother superior the first drug dealer we meet really really great character he's maybe one of the greatest scottish bad guys ever and here's here's his my argument for that he plays James Delos. He's in season two of Westworld, the CEO of Westworld. Oh, really? Um, he plays Jacob Snell in Ozark, the main bad guy of season one of Ozark, and huh. later seasons, I think. I haven't seen all the seasons of that yet. And he plays King Durin in The Rings of Power, the new Lord of the Rings show. So he's 
He's a bad guy. He oh, was he's born a bad to, guy. He was born to play a bad guy. Oh, and he does it so well, too. Yeah, which is interesting, because he doesn't look outwardly sinister. Yeah. He's actually weirdly likable in this movie, mm-hmm. which actually, owing to the subject matter, that almost makes him even worse, because he makes... There's one scene in particular towards the end where, like, him and Rent Boy kind of ha- do this little thing where he's like, oh, how will you be joining us tonight, sir? Yeah. And he's like, I'm afraid your credit has been overextended. <laughs> he's like, ah, hard cash will be fine, sir. <laughs> yeah. Would you like some garlic bread to start? Yeah, like, he's a very charismatic actor, and that's what makes him such a great bad guy. Yeah. Because it's really hard not to like him. Yeah, um, yeah. The other characters, so quickly going to run through it. James Cosmo, Mark's dad. Uh, you've probably seen in Game of Thrones, he was Jor Mormont. Uh, oh Jorma's, my god, you're yeah. right. The yep. uh, Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. Yep. Shirley Henderson plays Gale, who is Moaning Myrtle in Harry Potter. Who is she in the movie? She's Gale. She's... Oh, the um, uh, sick boy's girlfriend? No, she's one of the other guy's girlfriends. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, I think... I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Irvine Welsh plays Mark Forrester, one of the other drug dealers, the less prominent kind of like hopeless drug dealer. Irvine Welsh, kind of relevant to train spotting because he just happens to be the author of the original say, book. Yeah. Um, which we were definitely gonna talk about when we get to the spoiler section. And I have one other actor I'm gonna mention. Keith Allen is Welsh, one of the few cast members who is not actually Scottish, but he just so happened to happens to be Lillian Alfie Allen's dad. Two very prominent actors in our day and age. Who did they play in the movie? Keith Allen. Not Lillian Alfie. Lillian Alfie Allen are actual people. Keith oh. Allen plays the final drug dealer at the end of the movie, who they do a drug deal with. Oh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, funny enough, there's a connection to a earlier movie that is also connected to this movie, and and he is important to that. We're going to talk about that in spoilers, though, I think. Okay. So our director, to round things off, Danny Boyle, one of my favorite directors. He's done a number of movies that I all really enjoy, and one movie that we've talked about already on this podcast. So he did the train spotting sequel which we're going to talk about later yeah. he did 28 days later which you brought up in your draft in the draft video no shit yeah oh that's um, pretty cool yeah he's also the director of slumdog millionaire one of the biggest movies of the year that came out in the mid 2010s i think that was, no i think that was like 2008 oh, okay that it's, was a good movie though yeah very important movie he did 127 hours which was a good movie oh yeah with uh what's his name James Franco. Uh, yeah, James Franco. James and Franco. Yesterday, which is a really enjoyable movie that Jess and I had a lot of fun with about a guy who wakes up and realizes that he's the only one who remembers the Beatles. That's right. That just came out recently, too. Yeah, last five, six years. Huh. Um, COVID time, right? COVID time, right. Yeah. You mean so, 10 years ago. So let's dive into who this movie is for. And also a little bit, does this movie hold up? for in a modern watch i'm gonna start that with my first question does this movie hold up to a modern watch because this is your first time watching it i'm kind of gonna repeat some of the, what i said for Die Hard in the sense yep. that like this is a very enjoyable movie well let me walk it back <laughs> this is a very good well-made movie yeah and i think it does generally hold up to a modern watch mm-hmm. but there are there is one specific uncomfortable plot point that certainly does not hold up. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Maybe we can talk about that a little more in spoilers. Yeah. But all in all, um is it too soon for me to jump into a personal review? 
Uh, yes. I okay. want you to save that. Um, um, all right. Well, boy, do I have opinions. Okay. So. Well, I'm glad that you think it holds up. I think it holds up as well. Um, you can maybe make an argument that is this the most beautiful film? Like, is it shot on the highest quality camera? No. It's it's no. it's basically an indie movie almost. Like it it was very very low budget. But with what they did with the film, just the dialogue, the the pacing, the music, everything about that aspect of this film makes it such a good watch that you're almost you're not like gonna forget about maybe the lower quality footage, but I you're think it's gonna be so engrossed in everything going on. I think the lower quality footage almost kind of works to its own advantage. Yeah. Because it really highlights kind of the the grunginess mm-hmm. and the squalor of what these people's lives are really like. Yeah, I very much agree. And that might be missed on some people, though. Sure. Um, it is well, what screw I would those say. people. Yeah. Turn off the podcast. So who the, who is this movie for? It's it's kind of a black dramedy. Like, it's, it's really funny, but it's also a drama. It's pitch black. Yeah, and this movie does a really, really good job of changing its tone throughout the movie. There's one particular thing that happens maybe just over a third of the way in yep. that when it happened, I was like, oh, like, this isn't funny. Yeah. Like, I'm not laughing the right now. The first 30 minutes of this movie are hilarious. Like, you, the... you really laugh, like quite a bit and like you said there's a turning point in the movie where it's like oh no this is actually serious like the the um the opening in particular like the first five minutes are completely intoxicating like yeah we open with renton being chased he has his big dramatic voiceover mm-hmm. and then we cut to like a disgusting apartment there's a little baby crawling around mm-hmm. they're all doing heroin sick boy is ranting about james bond factoids and yeah. like it gets you right away yeah it's so like it hooks you right away yeah it's really effective at that and it's really effective at introducing the characters it kind of does like a video game reference here but it's almost like a borderlands type of like introduction to all of the characters because it's like this flashy like this is the character and this is like who they're about like it does a really good job in like less than a minute of basically like describing each character to you with very very little Um, yeah like you know who bagby is after like a minute of seeing him on screen yeah the way they introduce renton too like we open with him running he has mm-hmm. his little voiceover he mm-hmm. kind of gets hit by a car we see him through the windshield as though we're the driver right he looks directly into the camera and he flashes this like grotesque smile yeah and then his name shows up in text on screen you're just like all right i'm i'm paying attention yeah <laughs> like, oh yeah so it, like it's really effective at drawing you in i want to describe this movie with Three movies combined. Okay. Um, and that is, so describing this movie with three movies is Snatch, Fight Club, and Pulp Fiction on heroin. Yes. If you had. The heroin is the most important ingredient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you made a movie that combined those three movies and added heroin, it would be Train Spotting. I agree. I, th- I think. Actually, I... I'm not familiar with Snatch. Oh, we're watching Snatch at some point. It's one okay. of my favorites of all time. That's, um, oh no, who's the director of Snatch? rich guy Richie. Um, oh, okay. and so it's it's this movie has like almost like a guy Richie. i was about to say style yeah. to it but if not you told quite. me guy Richie directed this movie i wouldn't even blink yeah it's it's very much along those lines so modern tv that's kind of related to this film is always sunny in philadelphia because it feels like some of the characters of that show are kind of inspired by this movie as well as some of the antics of the show also feel to be in line with this movie with less maybe 
consequences or less darkness to the consequences of the show? It's interesting. Um, I was kind of getting It's Always Sunny vibes, especially in the scenes where they're at those gritty dive bars. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I think people at this point, if you're interested in any of those, I think you're going to like this one a lot. Now, on that note, I got to say that, like you said, there's a lot of disturbing content in this movie like there's a yeah. di- very distinct point about 30 minutes in where you're like oh no this is a serious movie there are consequences to what they're doing and it, so you're gonna see like there's there's stuff like drug overdose drug use there's death there's alcoholism boy is there death there's angry people doing really angry stupid things like if if any of those things are are something that maybe triggers you this isn't gonna be a movie for yeah you. you know i'm a pretty i'm just gonna say like I'm pretty stone cold when it comes to the content I consume. Like, it takes a lot to rattle me. This movie made me genuinely squeamish and nauseous at points. Yeah. Like, (laughs) this is a spoiler for my personal review, but, like, I liked this movie, but I also couldn't wait for it to be over. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That is very fair. Yeah. The obvious comparison to kind of wrap this up in in my point of view is Requiem for a Dream. That's right. I think that this movie is more effective than Requiem for a Dream because I think Requiem for a Dream is a lot more ham-fisted. It's less rewatchable than this film. You don't think this movie is a little ham-fisted? No, I I think that this film is more effective at at what it's trying to to sell people on and that drugs are bad basically okay um i think i, I don't know i that's my opinion i like i if, if you had to pick one or the other for me it's always going to be train spotting just because there's there's fun aspects that the style is more my kind of vibe like like the three movies that i listed off are all three like all-time favorite movies so that that's kind of where my taste this in is, films this is. This is very much a Blake movie. This is such a Blake yeah. movie. This is why I picked this one. And I'm when, glad they, that... when Danny Boyle was making this movie, he was thinking to himself, like, I wonder what Blake would think of I this scene. I wonder what three-year-old Blake is going <laughs> to yeah. think about this one. <laughs> I need Someday. to convince three-year-old Blake not to do it. Yeah, <laughs> about 30 years in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you have any other, like, who this movie is for? Any other thoughts on who you'd recommend this to? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I'm going to use my canned answer, which is if you're interested in cinema and the history of cinema, you'd probably really appreciate this movie. And especially, I think it's important for guys like us, because you and I are both 30. Mm-hmm. We were little kids in the 90s. And like like I said, I think before we started recording, like this movie really does just bleed 90s energy yeah like that kind of gritty punk sensibility that kind of like anti-authoritarian anti-consumerist edge Mm -hmm. like well and this movie came out in 1996 which is about midway through the 90s right and it's kind of a chicken and egg situation here because this movie also kind of maybe influenced the culture of that era as well in that grungy area like there were other aspects already going on obviously but you can't undersell the importance of this movie in the 90s culture yeah you can definitely though you can definitely if you cut this movie down the middle like it's a tree you can see all the different it's you can count all the different '90s rings in there. That metaphor makes no sense, but I'm sticking by it. <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's segue into when to watch. This is a blockbuster movie. Like this movie has just the style of it. It's a movie that you're going to be drawn into. It's a movie that you're going to want to pay attention to. I would just put it on like Saturday night, big movie to watch. 
that's that's where I feel it fits best. It's also you have to be someone emotionally ready for everything that's about to happen too. Yeah, oh boy. I watched it last night in my apartment mm-hmm. Saturday night and yeah, yeah, it's a movie you really need to You know, I, it's funny. I actually I didn't watch it. I watched it at like 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. so it was over at like 7:30 and then I had to just sit there for like 4 hours before I went to bed just processing it. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe uh I don't know. Watch it a little later than I did. Yeah, that's fair. Do you think this is the greatest anti-drug movie ever made? Well, no, because I want to try heroin now. <laughs> <laughs> you might be the only one after seeing yeah, this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I. it's definitely... I don't want to get too over-sherry, but I have a very close friend who has struggled with hard drug use. And mm-hmm. watching this movie just broke my fucking heart. Yep. Like, just, I felt so much for that friend. Like, just how... Ugh, and, just... Well, and that's maybe part of the selling point of this movie as well, is is not only is it a great movie of, like, drugs are bad kids, don't do drugs, but it's also, like, a good movie to learn how to empathize with people who are struggling with these kind of yeah. uh, situations, right? I think as a culture we're kind of coming around and we're not like demonizing addicts anymore like Mm -hmm. we're recognizing that there's other factors going on and to this movie's credit like it does show a little bit of the complexity behind addiction like yeah like um mark retton is clearly struggling he lives in edinburgh which is like an economically depressed area Mm -hmm. and like he's you know, he's also struggling with clearly psychological depression. Right. Like, there are moments when he gets sober and he's just struggling with what to do. Yeah. Like, having no chemical buffer between himself and his depression. And right. that often leads to him using again. Yep. And I mean, if you grow up in such a shitty, economically depressed area and all your friends are addicts and, like, you have no skills or prospects of the future. Also, like... I feel like when you're in your early to mid twenties, you're kind of just suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's teen- a struggle because you're 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 suddenly an adult. You're you're expected to go off on your own and and figure life out. Yeah, and, and it feels like, especially at that time, it feels like you're supposed to do that. And mm-hmm. and and that's not necessarily the case. Like you know, I would say your twenties are all about a time of just like learning and developing, and just figuring stuff out. Yeah, getting, getting all the failure out. out of your system. But it system. feels like you're supposed to have all the answers. Right, right. And also, just you know, when you're in your, I remember being twenty five and like I had graduated university and like I wasn't qualified to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, well, you know, what do you do then? Like, right. So heroin, heroin. Yeah. <laughs> I should have done heroin when I was 25, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. And hey, I'm 30, so I've still got time. But uh, yeah, yeah. Where to watch? So right now, this is available for rent through Cineplex, which I think where you watched it through, right? Yeah, this is not an easy movie to find. It's no, pretty unfortunately much not. Only on Cineplex, or you have to stream it illegally. Yeah. I've used Cineplex before to rent movies. It's surprisingly a pretty decent interface and it's got quite a bit of options yeah like last night was my first time using cineplex as well and i was Mm -hmm. like oh this is fine yeah like i could rent movies on here yeah but i was also like wait you can rent movies on cineplex (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there's a fun fact for anybody who didn't know that yeah i've used it quite a few times actually it's it's just often the place that has the more like 
niche movies that I want to watch sometimes. So if like you can't, if you're looking for something and you can't find it anywhere, try Cineplex. Yeah, exactly. Now I have a funny story here and I think you share the same thing as me. So I midweek earlier this week went to watch this movie. I looked everywhere for it. And I usually my fallback to rent on is uh, YouTube. And so I went to YouTube and rented a movie and I started it about Two minutes. It took me about two minutes, the the opening credits, essentially, because I've seen this movie so many times, to realize I just uh, rented T2 train spotting. And oh, so this wow. is a PSA to anybody out there. T2 train spotting is the sequel to train spotting. Don't rent it off of YouTube because that's what you're going to get. The problem is, is the train spotting is really large and the T2 kind of falls in the background. They, so you see the train spotting and you might miss that. Don't make, fun fact, I did the exact same thing <laughs> Friday night. Nice. I was not, okay. So And when, you hadn't seen the movie before. Well, okay, here, I went in, okay, I know, here's what I went into knowing about train spotting. I knew Ian McGregor was in it, I knew it was Scottish, and I knew it was about heroin. Yep. I had no idea there was a sequel 20 years later. So I start watching the sequel and I'm like... Wow, Owen McGregor kind of has just always looked 40, huh? And then (laughs) (laughs) there's a scene about like 40 minutes into the movie where there's a sign outside a bar that says download our app. And I was like, that's weird. I didn't know they did that in the 90s. And then at some point I was like, oh no. I love how you like didn't realize that for that long. Like you saw, you've seen most of T2 Trace, but I expect you're going to like return to it and wrap it up. I actually was enjoying it quite a lot. Yeah. But I was also, <laughs> the the downside is I kind of, it spoiled the ending for me yeah. of this movie. I still enjoyed this movie a lot, but yeah anyways don't uh it's yeah. our psa to uh pay attention because t2 train spotting the title looks very similar to train spotting yes and that's i think it for our primer episode if you're interested in this movie i can't recommend it enough please go check it out despite the limited op viewing options for it don't. do you have any last minute words you want to say before we uh cut her off don't watch the sequel <laughs> <laughs> don't watch the sequel first right um the sequel is pretty good actually i was surprised by how good it was yeah very similar it's a lot of the same people but let's talk about that more in spoilers okay have a good one everyone we'll see you next week for the full spoiler talk don't do drugs